Hello and welcome everyone to our 45th session of Hello Casa. My name is Michael and today I'll be talking to Juan Ignacio Piñataro from San Jose, Costa Rica. Juan is real estate broker and especially focused on commercial real estate. Super right now, super exciting in Costa Rica. He will tell us exactly why. Juan, um, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I want you to introduce yourself to audience. Hello, Michael. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Juan Pignataro. I, as Michael mentioned, I'm a real estate agent here in Costa Rica, affiliated to the local uh, real estate uh, chamber and also affiliated to the National Association of Realtors in the United States. Uh, we have over 15 years of experience in real estate. Prior to uh, opening my own office, I worked as sales director for some of the major uh, real estate developers down here in Costa Rica, both in the residential part and in the commercial uh, sector. Mm -hmm. And as of six years ago, I, I saw an opportunity to open my office. It's more of a boutique real estate practice. And the reason we did it that way is because we think we can add more value uh, within that concept instead of doing a massive agency. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been our focus over the last six years with great success, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to continue to grow that way uh, in terms of, uh, of doing more business, not necessarily in terms of growing the size of the operation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're very excited to be on the show. Awesome. Um, you are focusing mainly on the commercial part of uh, real estate. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about the motivation. Why, why did you do it and uh, what's the upside of it? Okay, um, what actually motivated me is that I believe it's more, um, it's less emotional than the real, than the residential part of the business. So uh, it's really more business. It, it's, it's a business decision when you're dealing with a client. Does it, does it make sense or does it not make sense? Mm -hmm. Can I do it or can't I do it? And also um, Costa Rica has been well known over the past years for, for, companies from outside coming in. We now have more than 20 of the Fortune 500 companies in the country mm -hmm. doing some of their businesses to, to, towards the United States and other countries operating from Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. We are strategically located in a place where the, where the um, logistics uh, makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're located, for those of you that don't know where Costa Rica is, We're in Central America, right between mm -hmm. Nicaragua to the north, Panama to the south, and we have both oceans uh, on the east and west part of the country. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're just over 50,000 square kilometers, so we're, we're a fairly small country, and that, that uh, makes it a strategic location for a lot of companies to settle within the Americas and from there operate to other countries. So we saw an opportunity. We, know, we saw that also that in, in, in the local real estate industry, I would say that 90 to 95% of ages, agents are focused in real in residential real estate. Mm -hmm. So there was a small niche there that could be we could take advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, outside of, I would say, like we have the main big players here, yeah. and we we think that the local the local companies could be supported, um, adding value, uh, being able to assist them within the whole real estate process. So so we think that there was an opportunity there, and we took advantage, and it's yeah. been good so far. Um, which geographic are you operating mainly? Is it uh, San Jose or is it also uh, towards that uh, free trade zone, which is mainly because I might, I'm super ignorant, I have to admit, where exactly is the free trade zone uh, uh, located? Free trade zones can be located 
almost anywhere in the country. Okay, um, okay. Because it's a special regime that the government gives to some companies, uh, mainly tax incentives and benefits. So it can be located pretty much anywhere. What's happened over the past years, it's some areas have developed specific clusters. For example, Coyol, which is an area in Alajuela, mm -hmm. uh, I would say just north of San Jose, there's a huge medical device cluster there. So I'd say um, probably over 50 of the main medical device companies in the world have some sort of presence in Costa Rica, and a lot of them are, are in Coyol. Mm -hmm. Now we also have Cartago, which is to the south of San Jose, mm -hmm. which is starting to develop uh, also a medical device uh, cluster. Mm -hmm. And that has to do... Be, that has to do a lot with the fact that most of the labor force is, is resides in Cartago. Mm -hmm. So currently, uh, they're traveling, they're, they're commuting is, 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 is about two hours. So mm -hmm. companies are moving to, to Cartago so people don't have to commute. And, um, and, and that's also become a, a very hot area. And then we have San Jose, where I would say most of the service companies under the free trade zone regime are located, mainly in, in Escazú, Santana. And now some are going to the east side, which then again has to do a lot with the workforce uh, as most of the universities are located in that area. So companies like Amazon, uh, we have Procter & Gamble in San Jose, we mm -hmm. have Hewlett Packard, we have Western Union. They have a lot of service, uh, shared services uh, mm -hmm. located in San Jose and they work from mainly from Escazú, Curridabat, and, and I would say within the, the San Jose area. So that means, just to get it right, I know that from uh, from UA, Jabal Ali, they have, for example, also free trade zone, which is a designated zone where you don't pay any taxes. Is that also just the government says more or less, like within, if you settle or if you open your company within this area, this is like a designated zone where you don't pay any taxes? Or how does that work? Like, how, what do I have to do as a company in order to be eligible uh, to, to be within the free trade zone? Well, there have to be a, a, there's certain criteria criteria in terms of um, investments that you have to do. And yes, okay. there are certain areas which are allocated for the free trade zone. Uh, some of the companies that can, can apply are export services companies, mm -hmm. uh, in which case 50% of the services must be exported. They cannot be sold, uh, sold locally. Okay. Scientific, scientific research firms. Um, suppliers of, uh, of, of sales to free trade zone companies can also apply to the regime. And then you have some incentives, which some would apply for a longer period. Mm -hmm. Others are for, for, for the whole period. Mm -hmm. um, just to name a few, you have 100% tax exemption for all sectors in terms of interest income, sales tax on local purchases of goods and, and service, mm -hmm. stamp duty, withholding tax on royalties and fees. And then you have a 10-year period, for for example, for property transfer uh, uh, taxes. Got it. So, so um, there's not, I, I would say there's not a specific location, yep. but some places you, you have to comply with certain criteria in order to apply for the free trade zone. Uh, absolutely. And okay. the other thing that's happening now, I'm sorry, just, yeah. is, is that government, in order to make some incentives for, for, for areas outside of San Jose where there's less employment, Mm -hmm. are now providing additional benefits for companies that install themselves in what they call the free trade zone regimes outside of the greater metropolitan area. So you there's know, some additional incentives there in order to create jobs. In order to create jobs, especially in the rural areas, so that the, the exactly. rural... Okay, perfect. 
Um, you just mentioned the pharmaceutical area. I think I, I was actually super impressed when I, before our interview, when I did some research in, uh, concerning the export and GDP export and the, and, the, and the split of it. I was like, you know, I was super, super impressed by the pharma share of it. How, how, what's the origin of it? Like, why is Costa Rica so strong in the pharmaceutical sector? I'd say not only in the pharmaceutical, well, it's not really pharmaceutical, it's the medical device, okay. medical device companies. So it has to do a lot with specific companies that, for example, um, that produce specific uh, pieces mm -hmm. for, 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 let's say, a, uh, for an instrument that has to be installed in the heart. So some of that work is done here locally. Mm -hmm. There's a, and now I'd say one of the biggest success uh, stories here is a 100% Costa Rican company called Establishment Labs. Mm -hmm. that they do breast implants and they, mm -hmm. they created like some sort of technology, technology within the implant that has been a great success around the world. And they mm -hmm. now actually, uh, they're actually on, on, on the New York Stock Exchange. They trade yeah. in the New York Stock Exchange. So um, I think it has to do a lot with, the edu with education. Mm -hmm. Costa Rica is, uh, is uh, education here is, is free and mandatory. Mm -hmm. uh, so over the years, as you know, Costa Rica has, or, or, or maybe you don't know, but Costa Rica hasn't, hasn't had an army since 1949. Yeah, I read that. Mm -hmm. So all of the resources which would have been allocated towards uh, military forces have been allocated towards education. Mm -hmm. So you have a highly educated population. Mm -hmm. You have an education, a country which is, I wouldn't say bilingual, but with great English levels. Mm -hmm. So that makes it very attractive also for international companies. Mm -hmm. We have a company that has anticipated also towards uh, future jobs or future needs. So institutions like INA, which is a, a government-owned institution, like a, more towards technical education, has prepared people for uh, jobs uh, such as companies uh, related to the medical devices. Then we have the Instituto Tecnológico de Costa Rica, which is a great university, uh, uh, which uh, forms great engineers. Mm -hmm. They've also uh, created a medical device uh, career. So I think it has to do a lot with that. It, it, the government has done the necessary things towards preparing the population for those jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you know, you know, some countries just, just find the are a good place to install certain clusters or certain areas. And Costa Rica started a lot of years ago. Um, and, 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 you know, as, 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 as happens uh, in a lot of places, there was a one success story and then companies started coming mm -hmm. along. And, and I think they've been doing very well down here. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, Costa Rica, like the perception about Costa Rica internationally is like only positive. And um, I think it's a very, I think it's the best example of, uh, apparently, like a forward-looking um, government, which uh, even looks further um, be behind the next le legislature uh, period, because basically most of the most of the politicians are only like incentivized by the by the four-year period or what what have you, and then you know there's no room for education, which where you have like a return on maybe like, twenty-five years if you talk about the taxes you might get back as as a as a country. And I think it's it's a phenomenon that the country has achieved to have like a very stable government over the period reinvesting into security, even renewables. Right now is a huge is a huge uh, huge success. Yeah, we Sorry, one hundred percent renewable energy. Are you already? Because I, I think did you have the the twenty uh, twenty one uh, goal to be one percent renewable? You already achieved that. You overachieved it. <laughs> 
we've run for a few months, yes, on 100% renewable energy. I don't know if that's sustainable up to that period, but at least it's been it's been working over the past few months, and we're very proud of that. Awesome. Um, And I think we're we're an example to the world in terms of sustainability. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's also been very attractive, as you know. A lot of companies now are are focusing on that. So uh, Costa Rica has been an example, and I think that's been also that has also been very attractive for companies towards establishing themselves in Costa Rica. And going back to what you mentioned about the government, uh, political stability has been uh, critical also. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. We used to have uh, a bipartisanism. So we mm-hmm. had like two main parties which uh, governed on and off. One year, for, for a four-year period, it was one, and then it was the other. Until this past um, election where a new party came in. But as, as you mentioned, it doesn't really matter which one is, 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 is governing. Rules are very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very stable, uh, you know, with its on and offs, like every country in the mm-hmm. world. But I, I would say it's a fairly stable uh, environment, um, and that has really added value to the companies coming to Costa Rica. Perfect. Let's go back a little bit to your business. I'm super curious about your your commercial real estate uh, business. Walk us through maybe first of all your potential clients. So, who are you targeting? What are your your potential um, company um, uh, clients? I guess. Obviously, mainly companies. How does they? How does it work? Um, if I, for example, have my e-commerce store and I say, okay, it's not enough anymore to I don't know, like drop ship, uh, drop ship it uh, with someone, or to, to I want to have my own bodega. I want to have my own uh, my own room. I need something uh, strategically uh, stable and uh, viable. Uh, what's the process then? Okay. First of all. Um... I would say our business divides in two areas. We mm-hmm. have one, which you just mentioned, uh, which is Bolegas in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. It's a division focused 100% on warehouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, our clients are mainly um, logistics companies, industrial companies. And I would say the bodegas or the warehouses have, have shifted from a very strict area to a very flexible space. So, so we also have here... What, what are called bodegas or office warehouses. So also that that has that had pretty much um, made our clientele database a little bigger, which are companies that are offices, which see in a bodega or in a warehouse a better price to rent versus a traditional office space. And they convert it into this phenomenal area uh, uh, or, or a phenomenal office space where they can operate from at a better rate than a traditional corporate uh, uh facility or okay building. so that means like a warehouse which was supposed to be a warehouse they then just rent it and then they convert it into an office space okay yes but also they're born when they're developed when the developer creates the park they're all mm-hmm. they're born or, or, or they're created as, as, as an office warehouse okay so it, it's not really a conversion from a total warehouse but it already has some specifics that could work one way or the other either as a warehouse or or as an office and the warehouse Okay. We see a lot of that. Um, we have a lot of local companies which are our clients, a lot of distribution centers. Uh, as, as you mentioned, now logistics is critical. So there's there's last mile distribution. Uh, companies need to be closer to their clients. Uh, they cannot no longer rely on just a single location, but they need to have several locations in order to operate and respond um, quickly to their mm-hmm. clients' needs. And then we also have multinational companies which are coming to the country which need to install themselves. What we've tried to do over the last years is, as I mentioned, we have a boutique concept 
but we have a very aggressive and good network of people who we work with. So we've tried to operate under strategic alliances, um, and that helps us, uh, that allows us to offer kind of like a 360 solution. Mm -hmm. So we have corporate attorneys, we have a consulting firm in terms of architecture and engineering, with, with, which uh, we, work, we, we work with. We're very close to CINDE, which is the Costa Rican um, investment agency. So with that network, we also not only look for opportunities, but I say we're very, we're very proactive in, in creating opportunities and being, doing the proper matchmaking. Mm -hmm. So when, when we have a warehouse, when we have a client, we're very um, focused in terms of not making that person or that client waste time, but you know, looking at, at, at who are the real potential uh, business partners or, or eventual uh, clients that could benefit from either from that client or from that location. Okay, interesting. That in terms of bodegas. Yeah. Okay, good. And, and we also, in the other part, which is mere commercial, we also do a lot of office uh, business. We do some consulting business um, and a, a bit of retail. But retail has changed so much over the past few years that I'd say we're in the process of analyzing opportunities in order to make retail attractive again. And uh, what we've seen is real estate as a service more than as a just a just a, an asset or a, or, or a building or whatever. Yeah, uh, you just mentioned the real estate as an asset, uh, as a service. Um, can you dig a little bit deeper on that one? That's super interesting, I think. Yeah, I think real estate over the past few years has just been seen as a location where you go, you rent, and uh, and you install your company or your business or whatever, and that's it. That's your relation with. Uh, the owner, or that's your relation with the building, that's it. Over the past few years, companies, uh, and I think that's been generated a lot by the economic transitions in the world. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Businesses want to moderate the risk a little more, so they don't mm -hmm. want to really uh, create so much long-term relationships or, or contracts or long-term <laughs> long contracts but short-term contracts where they can benefit from a lot of services, which include a full solution. Uh, let's use an example, of, of, of an easier example for everyone. For example, WeWork. Mm -hmm. WeWork is more or less real estate as a service. Mm -hmm. You go, you rent space as you need. They give it to you, turnkey ready. Absolutely. You also have a lot of added value in terms of the services that are, are, are around the area. Mm -hmm. So you're pretty much uh, renting a, a full full service operation and mm -hmm. not just a great building where you have to make a 10, 15, 20 year lease. Uh, if your operation reduces, you give back part of that space. If your operation grows, you Absolutely. lease a bit more space. So the risk is, is, is manageable for the business, uh, which wasn't some, some years ago. And that's also happening in residential with, uh, with co-living, you know, where people mm -hmm. just go, they rent, they have a common kitchen, they have a lot of common services. Absolutely. New, newer generations, I think, are a little more practical than, than we were. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like living living on demand or working on demand, and then you get a, like, a directly lifestyle, and you also obviously can easily, easily attract like um, high potential employees because, you know, they are maybe, you know, they would like to work in an uh, office which looks like Google, and then you can like exactly. easily easily offer that 
and you don't have the brain drain and you you don't have the challenge to just you know attract the right uh, attract the right people exactly and that's also becoming a challenge for uh for developers for building owners um, mm -hmm. i recently participated at the mipim PropTech event in New York, which was mm -hmm. last November, mm -hmm. and there was one of the keynote speakers, which is a huge landowner, or, 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 or they, they have a lot of square meters that they mm -hmm. own in in, New York, in in Manhattan, mm -hmm. and he was talking about how difficult this has made it for them since they've had companies that were probably occupying, I don't know, let's say uh, 20, 30,000 square feet, and now because they have people working from home or they have the flexibility uh, to work from anywhere they want to, mm -hmm. they now move to maybe 2,000 or 3,000 yes. square feet. What do they do with that space? They have to convert it into something that's more practical, that's more a service, yeah. where people can go in and out. And uh, I was actually reading an article some time ago that said, will there be anyone left to go to the office? Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Why would the, what would the reason be for someone to go to the office in the future if they can work from a coffee shop or if they can work from a co-working space or if they can work from home? So that's that's really changing the way real estate. Um, I, I I totally agree. I actually today I ju just read a st study on on LinkedIn where it was like seventy five percent of U.S. Uh, American um, uh, tech workers prefer to to work remotely. Would even switch their job, like even even uh, even resign if they could work remotely from um, at a different work uh, at a different employer. And obviously, then we even have to see like the effects on the entire society, prices, real estate prices, and also, yeah, as you said before, like the lifestyle, how people want to live, and you know, and then uh, then we, we see what what might be happening. I think it's how people want to live, how people want to work, and how people want to play. Mm -hmm. I think it's every everything's going to change, and they might even have to merge. I also think that we're going to move into a world of freelancers. Absolutely. I don't know if companies are going to have full-time employees or you're just going to have a huge freelance community where they will hire you based on your specific needs or services that, that a person needs at that time. So that's also going to change the way we interact with real estate. Absolutely. Because of the um, external communication costs which you have. You just go on a, on a real estate platform. You need someone you're on demand. Okay, you're going to hire him or he or she will then take the job, whoever wants it. And uh, there you go. While obviously... Exactly. Well, obviously, I think like there's this coast theorem, which more or less like says like what's the best or the highest, um, the best size of a company. Uh, so what's more or less like economically the most reasonable. And there's a certain certain um, certain size of employees. And I think this size of employees definitely gets reduced with the with the lower transaction costs, which you find in the market via via freelance.com or Upwork or whatever you have. Exactly, and then also the way the technology is 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 coming into into play. A great, uh, it, it's becoming critical in everything, even in real estate. The Absolutely, with all the technology coming in, the way we run businesses, and also, uh, and and just to maybe continue with what we're doing with our business, we're trying to get involved also in the prop tech business. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe there's great opportunity. One of the most uh, threatened maybe um, activities in the world is actually real estate brokerage. You, mm -hmm. you'll, you're never going to be able to remove the human factor because mm -hmm. I think we add value through our relationship, through our knowledge, through the way we, we, we work with our clients. But there's a huge part of the process which is probably going to be very uh, tech-oriented. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, and it has to do with two things. One, it's going to probably reduce the transaction costs. And two, it's going to improve the timing that it takes from when you see a property to when you need to make a decision. You can probably do, do almost everything from the comfort of your home or the mm-hmm. comfort of your office. And then you just go and look at the property, but you know pretty much everything. So I think that's also going to change. We're working on an, on an application, and we've been working for a while. For a while. Um, I'll use the term, uh, kind of trying to Uberize the mm-hmm. real estate industry. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've been uh, working over the past few, maybe year or so, mm-hmm. in developing a solution that can be also uh, used around the globe, not only in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. You, you want to give more insights or is it really is it still like kind of a secret where um, about, about, about... I, I don't know if it's a secret. Uh, we just think that there's an opportunity um, to anticipate that moment when when when, like I said, uh, one of the challenges we see nowadays, and I think every industry sees it. And, and we were talking about it in, in logistics with the last mile distribution mm-hmm. is clients expectations are higher every day. And they want better solutions and quicker solutions. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where you as an, as, as an agent or as an office cannot really meet that timing unless you support yourself with technology. And mm-hmm. that's where we see an opportunity. Mm-hmm. We think that we can improve the process from when you come in uh, it, it, into contact with, with an office. For example, uh, I'll, I'll use a simple example. Uh, someone contacts an agent. That, that agent is showing a property. He can't answer right away. Mm-hmm. And there's a statistic that shows that clients make a decision be- based on response time, mm-hmm. not necessarily based on, uh, on 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 a specific agent that they want to work with. Yeah. If, they, if they have no no sort, if they don't have any type of, of relationship, timing or response is going to be critical. So that agent could have lost the business because not because of. of that he, he didn't want it. it. It was just that he was doing something else and couldn't respond at the time. So tools like chatbots, um, other other algorithms that we can create within that process can help mm-hmm. us get in contact with the client, respond as if it was actually the agent that was there, mm-hmm. guide the client through technology towards the specific product that he wants. I'll, I'll use an example in residential. Say uh, Michael wants to buy a property that is three bedrooms, um, two bathrooms, he has a budget of $200,000 and he wants it in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Based on what you tell me through the conversational tool that we'll have, I can guide you to the specific homes that make sense for you. So you're going to have to go around over 10, 15, 20 homes, but yeah. I'll take you to those specific homes. We have a list of agents that are associated to our platform that have the knowledge, the capability, the customer service. And, and everything you need that once you want to make an appointment, first of all, it's uh, the appointment when you want, not yeah. when I can, yeah. which, uh, which, which is, I think that's <laughs> fairly normal around the world. That's yeah. not really something new. But then I can also qualify you for your credit approval online. And once wow. you go to the property, you're all set. I mean, you, if, you, if you want to buy it, you can pretty much make a decision there. So your mm-hmm. time, I appreciate your time. You appreciate my time. I don't make you waste any time or, yeah. or go around uh, to properties that don't make sense. So we think, and, and that also helps developers in a way that they don't have to have a full-time, full-time sales force. Absolutely. Which costs them, costs them money uh, every single month. Yeah. 
No, makes but sense. They don't. They don't really. They have it because I don't think they trust the real estate brokerage community to provide the service they need for the clients. I think that's the reason why developers have a real estate uh, team, yeah, for a, a sales team, hundred percent on 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 payroll. Yeah, yeah, makes total sense. Have you thought about tokenization and crypto uh, with with real estate? Do you have an opinion about that? Uh, no, I don't really have an opinion. It's it's not fairly common down here. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we have to give it some time. Mm -hmm. uh, you have so many cons and so many pros that yeah. I don't know which one is right. So I think we have to give it some time. It's probably the future, I, yeah. I think. Uh, but uh, I can't really give you my sure. opinion right now. Um, did I get get it correctly before when you said like retail as a service? Uh, does did you also mean like? stores and retail shops or is it is it what you what you said before just to make sure i, I got that correctly no i think i think that that's more for the office okay got it maybe residential in terms of retail what i see is that the traditional retail concept will it, it, it they're gonna have a hard time uh existing mm -hmm. and like i said it has to do not only with uh it has to do a lot with the way new generations interact mm -hmm. um e-commerce also they want to buy based on experiences so mm -hmm. i think that single use retail stores will no longer make sense and and what i mean by that is i'll give you an example just uh, and mm -hmm. i'll use i'll use a brand even though i'm not there i i know they're not they're not advertising anything <laughs> um, for example i'll just use it as an example let's say nike just to yeah. give you give you a name if you have a traditional nike store which you just go in, or a traditional sports store, let's, let's not put a name to it. Mm -hmm. You go into a tra traditional sports clothing store. If you just have store, uh, clothing hanging from everywhere, I don't know if people will want to go there anymore. Mm -hmm. But maybe if you provide a second use to that retail shop where you can have, I don't know, a gym mm -hmm. or a sports arena where mm -hmm. people can play, where people can, that'll probably attract more. So mm -hmm. I think that there has to be like a second use. And a great mm -hmm. example for that is the Cadillac dealer in, I think it's in Fifth Avenue in New York. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a it's a car dealer. It's a, an event room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do they do fashion shows there. It has a bar. It has a coffee shop. It has a lot of things, and it's really a Cadillac dealer. Mm -hmm. But people are not going to go there anymore for the car. Yeah, they're gonna there go there, and they're going to remember the experience. Yeah, absolutely. So so I think that's going to happen. We see it in malls here, and I think across the globe. Mm -hmm. Where there's more empty space and empty space and empty mm -hmm. space, and, and I, I don't really see that changing in the next in the next years in, mm -hmm. in, in terms of of more stores coming in. I think there's more stores coming out. You see yeah. great uh, uh, big companies in the U.S. pretty much closing all the stores and moving to to e-commerce. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, you you that's the only way retail will survive. No, I I totally uh, um I totally appreciate your point of view. I mean, you know, I'm talking to so many real estate uh, agents and and experts, and everyone has a different point on that. Like, you know, I once I talk to someone who has like in, in the US talking about like commercial real estate, they're saying, yeah, yeah, you know, like commercial real estate is has the highest ROI, and we also see like an influx right now still in shopping malls. You know, um, even unlike what you're saying, because I totally agree with your point of view is the tendency of, of the buying behavior, which we see across the globe, is like going more and more e-commerce and just, you know, shopping online. However, then on the other hand, it's like, I also talk to people and say, no, I just want to touch, I want to go to the store, I want to have the experience. But then on the other hand, like, where is the transaction happening? Is it still, is the retail store itself actually still profitable? 
or do still companies need it in order to have kind of a showroom so that even though the transaction might be happening online later, you still need it in order to have the transaction being triggered by the client in the first place. So I, I am like, I, I'm, I really don't know. And then also the question, the other question is like, okay, once we have like stores closed in the center, that might even like maybe even decrease the rental space, like the price for the rental space, which then might even allow other companies to come in, maybe even then second or third tier, which are, you know, which we don't, well, which which we we, we don't have, which we, we haven't had had in the, in the past because this, those are not Nike brands anymore. This is like maybe something else where with a different work, uh, purchase with clients, which are with a different purchasing power. Probably. Yeah, that's, that, that's probably going to happen also. But then again, they won't, they, I don't think they'll be able to come under the traditional model or the, they'll start okay. existing. They'll have to yeah. come with a new proposal. Got it. Like I said, then with, with the experience behind it, um, I think that's what people identify themselves with nowadays. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, concerning your, um, let's say your area and your, your geo of operation. If I am now, let's say I am, you said your main client base for the logistics for the warehouses are logistic partners. So I, I think we are talking, we're talking big, big game here. We're talking like big, big business. Um, uh -huh. So where can, for example, me as a, you know, as a small Amazon or as a, as a, as a small third, I think you, you call them third party logistic providers. Um, uh -huh. um, I, I come to you and say, I need a warehouse for XYZ square feet. And then you help me acquiring or getting getting this. You're screening the market, or you already have the portfolio, certain portfolio, and then you say, okay, we have X, Y, Z. What do you need? Access to road, access to to uh, Pacific, access to 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 the Atlantic. How does that work? Like, uh, walk me through that a little bit. There, there's both. Um, first, we try to understand the client first, mm -hmm. what their needs, specific needs are in terms mm -hmm. of location, in terms of size, in, ter in terms of budget. We try to understand their operations. So maybe also the clients want something and we, we feel that it could be something better. Yep. So we also uh, su suggest we have we use market uh, intelligence software. So mm -hmm. I'd say for, for the greater metropolitan area, we have pretty much the whole inventory uh, covered. Mm -hmm. And we also, like I said before, before worked with strategic partners. So yep. for some reason, we cannot solve by ourselves the client's needs. We work very fast through one of our partners to solve the specific uh, uh, business business need. So uh, we use market intelligence software. Then again, going back, we use technology. Yeah. We understand and listen to the client's needs, which I mm -hmm. think it's vital and critical in any business. Mm -hmm. And then we act very quick based on that to to provide the best solution. Mm -hmm. Got it. Do you sometimes also um, use um, or work with lots, and then uh, you you build warehouse, or they ask, or they want they want to build it, or do you, or is it both, rather both. even lease, and then they say we need to enter uh, the new market, and we just need something uh, within the next month. How is that? Uh, what's the trend there? Okay, th there's both. There's mm -hmm. both. Um, we have clients that come with specific land. Mm -hmm. that they want to develop, but they don't have the resources. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we build a team mm -hmm. in order to uh, develop a product that makes sense in that land. Of mm -hmm. course, if, if, you know, if it makes sense for everyone. And then we also have, uh, we also work with clients and, and, and uh, 
I, I'll put it this way. They're clients that need to solve a situation very quick. They're mm-hmm. clients that are looking for solutions within six months. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they know their business is going to grow. Mm-hmm. So maybe what they want is to buy land, mm-hmm. build the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then a scenario after that could be that they know that their business is not real estate oriented. So mm-hmm. they want to resell that, that uh, warehouse. Got it. So we also work with some real estate investment trusts here in Costa Rica okay. that love industrial products. Mm-hmm. So we sell them the the warehouse or the logistics park or whatever whatever it is, and mm-hmm. then the they continue the the business owner continues with business as as usual. But they they don't want to be to allocate a lot of resources in real estate. They want to use that money for their inventory or their production or whatever. So they mm-hmm. resell to a to a to an investment trust. Got it. Got it. Um, topic. Global economy, uh, because I think um, if I get it correctly, um, obviously you kind of exposed then to the global economy and also the, the trade across uh, across the globe. What's your stake right now? Where do you see? I mean, we're all talking like about the recession, which is supposedly to be coming. I think like since 2018, we've been talking about it. As <laughs> hasn't arrived yet. Um, what's your What's your perspective on on that topic? Okay. Uh, in our case, we're still uh, our, our main business partner is, is the U.S. That's mm-hmm. probably that that's our, our main our main partner. Um, but over the past few years, as I mentioned, Cinde, which is the investment uh, agency here in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. we started to generate a lot of business from Europe, from China. Also, we have free trade agreements with both China and the U.S. Mm-hmm. I would say like like, wow, like that's... main players in the world. <laughs> uh, which is great, which yeah. is great, specifically in a situations like the one we were seeing where there's where this kind of commercial uh, dispute going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so having a free trade agreements with both made a lot of sense because if a country <laughs> that couldn't export, you know, from China, they could come to Costa Rica and export from Costa Rica to the U.S. It, it just so, it would say made in China. It would say made in Costa Rica. So. <laughs> That, that was an oppor- that was an opportunity there. Um, I think the whole world is kind of undergoing an economic uh, uh, situation. We were recently at an event at uh, that was um, organized by the World Bank here in Costa Rica, and we saw the economies in Latin America not uh, performing very well. Uh, some had to do with political issues, or other had to do with social issues, other had to do with tax reforms that were going on. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think this 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 has been the way it's worked for, yeah. for decades. Uh, yeah. It's 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 cycles, you know. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be pre- prepared for the for the for, for the different stages of the cycle. Uh, there's opportunities in both. Yeah. Uh, currently, Costa Rica probably to bring it down here, Costa Rica had a tax a big tax reform uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you know, as it happens everywhere in the world, generated a bit of. Uh, of a slowdown in the economy while people get used to the different things, the, 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 different, the, the new different taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, real estate, especially residential real estate, slow down a bit. The coasts are very hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, industrial continues to be a very hot asset category. And offices, especially A-plus cl- a and A-class uh, office space is still very hot, mainly because of foreign direct investment coming into the country. Those are the so, top ones. Uh, those are the top ones. So, I would say those are the top ones. I would okay. say those are the top ones. Uh, but, but, but also, category, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, I, I was about to say that just for the classification because you were you were mentioning A and A plus just for the audience to make like we're talk, you're talking about the stratos or um, 
What is it? When we talk about A plus or A, um, it's office buildings that uh, comply with certain criteria in terms okay. of, I'll, I'll give a few, you know, the relation of parking spaces versus mm -hmm. uh, square meters leased, uh, the location of the property, the services that are provided within the building or in the immediate area. Mm -hmm. um, if it has a, a LEED certification, you know, for sustainability purposes. Got it. Um, and, and so forth. Maybe Got a few it. others that, 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 that just to get, but those, yeah. those are the ones and, and companies want to be, be in better buildings. Yeah. We were talking before about, about, uh, about the flexibility. Now you just, you don't attract employees just based on their monthly pay. No. People are looking for more things. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, services at, an, at, at, a, at a business facility, location, mm -hmm. et cetera. Those are the things that companies, so, so some have to move from one place to the other in order to be attractive for employees and bring better talent. Perfect. Okay, got it. Um, for our audience, um, do you have any final thoughts which uh, you would like to share, maybe also to other real estate brokers, to potential investors? Um, it, it's right now your stage. You can you can really uh, you know, give some some uh, your two cents on to the audience uh, what you would like to, to take them to take them from that interview. Well, um, maybe um, regarding Costa Rica, um, it's it's a great country for investment purposes. Like I mentioned at the beginning, there's great political stability. Mm -hmm. uh, there's we are very we are a very visitor friendly country. So mm -hmm. we make people feel welcome. We have uh, been a success story in terms of sustainability, in terms of education, in terms of tourism, ecotourism. So I think that makes it uh, a, a great option for people looking to invest abroad. For brokerage um, colleagues or, or, or people related to the business, it's now real estate has shifted also from an individual uh, to a more team player business. Mm -hmm. So we have to work a lot with our colleagues. We have to create empathy. We have to professionalize the industry, especially here in Costa Rica. And that's something important that I didn't mention. Mm -hmm. When people are coming from another country and you want to work with a real estate agent, mm -hmm. I would say my first uh, advice would be to refer to the Costa Rican Association of Realtors. Okay. Because those are certified real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Here in Costa Rica, real estate is not does not go through a process, to an educational process like it goes in the U.S., where you mm -hmm. have to have a specific license to work in a specific city or a specific state. Here, pretty much anyone can be a real estate agent. So you actually want to work with people that are that are accredited to the to the local chamber. Mm -hmm. um, I also recommend a lot of times that don't just focus on the visible part of the property, but also yeah. cons consider the intangibles. And by mm -hmm. that, I mean the experience of the developer, the warranties that are provided on the specific property, uh, the people you're working with. That, in the, in, in the long run, uh, adds a lot of value towards yeah. the decision you're making and towards protecting your investment. So those are probably... Uh, Things that I, that I think I, I want to tell people to consider every time they get involved in a real estate transaction. For agents, um, I think specialization is very important. Mm -hmm. You want to specialize whether in an asset category, 
in a specific location, um, try to create value to a, to a unique value proposition, mm -hmm. not just uh, not just be one more, uh, especially in an activity where loyalty is not necessarily uh, uh, a day-to-day. -day. You know, people yeah. work, uh, when you go to a country, you know, you just call the first one, so try to add value. Protect, take care of your clients. That's also very important. You mm -hmm. know, uh, don't don't uh, don't just take things for granted, but try to guide them through the process. Be very honest. Mm -hmm. This is not a hundred meter run. This mm -hmm. is a marathon, mm -hmm. uh, and by that I mean we have uh, our business is based on reputation. A lot of people want to make a quick buck, and they forget about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. This is uh, the way we see it. It's no. This this is a marathon. Uh, it's reputation. We really. Uh, one of our core values, or our core values, is, is honesty, transparency, uh, work ethics. So, so I think all, every agent should have that, and consider that if you do that over the years, you're going to build a, a great business reputation. You're going to be successful, uh, and clients will continue to be coming back to 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 look for you. I mean, you know, um, everything you said is is incredible, and I think it's um, exactly like uh, how everyone wants to work and also wants to interact. Um, I mean, from the, I have to be honest, from the very beginning, uh, having listened to you, uh, I directly saw that you're like, a, you know, you're a sophisticated person, you are highly educated, and it's, it's, it's a pleasure, it's been a pleasure to, to talk to you, you uh, entire focus also, you know, being being at the at the exposition on the at the fair in New York, uh, going right now into prop tech, like I think it's it's uh, you having you as a local expert in in Costa Rica is is, is uh, super valuable, and I de definitely recommend everyone to reach out to you uh, once you're considering to to uh, to do business in, in Costa Rica. Um, Juan, it's been a pleasure. I I think we could have uh, talked for two more hours because we jump right. from jump from one topic to the other um, very very fast however i i really appreciate it and 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 i really really uh, really appreciate your your time for today i, I really appreciate you uh, taking us into account uh, and uh, we look forward to many more conversations in the future absolutely juan thank you so much uh, have a nice day um, i'm going to sleep now and uh, we talk soon <laughs> <laughs> you have a good night thank you okay thank you bye bye Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.